You're listening to the Astrology Hub Podcast, practical wisdom for living your life on purpose. Hi there, I'm Amanda Poole-Walsh, the founder of Astrology Hub, and I am so thrilled to be connecting with you here. I had the pleasure of meeting today's guest, Astro Lada, in person just a few months ago here on Maui, and she felt like an instant soul sister. I found out later that we have some serious South and North Node action going on in our charts. We talk about it in the episode a bit, but she's a brilliant and dynamic astrologer, teacher, YouTube star, businesswoman, and founder of Astrolata. And today's episode is as dynamic as her personality. We talked about how astrology can help you in your intimate relationships, especially Saturn, how to use astrology to be better parents, how to work through transpersonal transits or outer planet transits, and whether or not you can or would even want to transcend your chart. I know many of us have had this thought before. Can I change my chart or do I have to live out this particular blueprint? And I really love that part of our discussion. And so obviously we covered a lot of ground. I think you're going to love the conversation and we're going to dive in here really shortly. But before we do, I just wanted to mention, those of you who have been listening to the podcast for the last month and a half, you know we were doing a special series on soul purpose, and we just closed enrollment on our soul purpose class. I wanted to just say thank you to all of you who participated in the webinars, who are now students in the class. It is truly amazing to me that we can connect here on this podcast and then have this opportunity to get more and more intimate with the different courses and events we host. And even if you didn't participate in the additional Soul Purpose offers we had over the last few weeks, I want to thank you for being here and for tuning into this show. The podcast is seriously one of the most joyful things for me personally, and I know I wouldn't get to do it if you didn't keep showing up. So thank you very much. And speaking of thank you, I'd love to give a listener shout out before we go to the Astrolata interview. This one is from someone named Lodge Cats, and the subject of it is my rabbit hole. She says, I have recently fallen into the astrology rabbit hole and I can't get enough. I've been immersing in books, podcasts, and videos. I feel like Mars sprinting in different directions, but my Virgo is trying hard to keep me grounded and taking notes, of course. I feel like I am learning so much, but will never learn enough. With all the choices out there, I truly find your show to be the one I can't wait to get back to. Your shows are inspiring. Your guests bring unique perspectives and gifts that bring light to my world. If there's one downside, it's just that there aren't new episodes every day. Thank you for all you do. And thank you, LodgeCat. It is so fun to imagine you in that astrology rabbit hole. And it's like that, right? I'm sure so many of you can relate with the feeling she describes of just wanting to consume every piece of content that's available and not feeling like you could ever get enough. And that, my friend, is falling in love with astrology. And thank you, LodgeCat, and anyone else who has left a review for sharing your experience and your gratitude. We read every review and take your feedback to heart, so thank you for taking the time to share. Okay, without further ado, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Astro Lada. In addition to being a practicing astrologer, she creates online and live seminars on astrology, psychology, esoteric knowledge, self-growth that draws thousands of like-minded people together, and she features the work of rising astrologers through her YouTube platform. It is time to sit back and get inspired 
by Astro Lada. Okay, so I am so excited to introduce you to our audience. So can you just tell us a little bit about you, your story, and how you actually came to practice astrology? How did astrology come into your life? Thank you. Yes, it was um, after Dark Night of the Soul. I was very depressed, crying, praying every day. I had no purpose, no meaning, and no passion for anything. And I started praying. And after a few months of that, the book fell in front of me twice on, on the same day when I entered the bookshop. And it was a book on astrology. And I just opened it. And the first thing I read, it was from a spiritual teacher. And it said, those of you who are confused about their life purpose and what you're here to do, you should study your horoscope and your astrology chart. And at that moment, I knew I'll be an astrologer. What was the book, Astrolata? Uh, it was a book from Bein Saduno. It wasn't on astrology. It was on spiritual teachings on how to live your life. But he was big into astrology. He revived astrology in Eastern Europe about 100 years ago. And he was a spiritual teacher. And, and I said, whatever astrologist, I'm going to study. And that's how it started in 2003. It's been quite uh, almost uh, 17 years now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Long time. And it turns out that my passion is actually to find out very unique astrologers from around the world and astrologers that have very different than mainstream astrology knowledge. They've been taught by tradition, handed down from teacher to teacher, or they're completely different school of astrology that has, we thought we've lost maybe Persian astrology or, uh, you know, Tajik astrology. And these are astrologers that are not in the mainstream. They're not online. You can't read about those. And I discover amazing astrologers and we revive this astrology. I teach it to my followers on YouTube and we do classes. And uh, I think there's such a great revival in astrology because now people can connect from around the world and astrology systems that were buried for thousands of years and that were known only locally, maybe in a village in Mongolia somewhere or in a village in Bulgaria. Now we can revive those. So that's my passion. And my other passion is to do software, <laughs> to develop free software for use. And now I have the personal transit calendar, uh, which I've developed over four years. With Everyone can go there. Uh, it's for free. You can see all your transits for the week ahead. We had 30,000 people use it and subscribe for it for free in the first month and only three unsubscribed. So obviously it's good. <laughs> so if you want to know your free transits, guys, check that. And I'm developing new for the future to check the meaning of each position in your horoscope. So that's my other passion, discovering talent and giving free astrology <laughs> services for self-knowledge. Our first video was so much fun together and I loved the response we got. So it's been so fun to have this connection. We actually got to meet each other in person on Maui a few months ago and it was like one of those instant connections, you know, that you feel with someone that you feel like you've known for lifetimes. And um, that's how it was. Yes, soulmate connection. We have the south node with the moon and we have very strong connections with past lifetimes together. So... <laughs> It was very obvious. I mean, I love how astrology confirms those gut or intuitive feelings that we have when we meet people. It's like, then you go look at the charts like, oh, of course, that's why. Yeah, I mean, it's so open towards you. I mean, we're talking about relationships already, but I was like, all my defenses were down. I wanted to share all my information with you, give you all the secrets. And you were the same. You were telling me all your business secrets and share. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so rare. 
And that's those past life connections we had. I always check in relationships the nodes. If the nodes create connections with your personal planets, the nodes of one, especially the south node, you had a connection before. And it means that there is immediate recognition on the soul level. You're like, it's as if you're meeting after not seeing each other for a few months. And when there's north node connection, it's new. It's new. You're here to create something in this lifetime. And we had both. We had the past life connection and a future life. I mean, like something to create now with the North Node. So it's fun to see such relationships. They're very karmic. Absolutely. And now I just need to get you to move out to Maui so we can actually do something on a consistent basis. I'm absolutely convinced that I will. (laughs) (laughs) You have a gift at making astrology easy for people to understand. And I think that your enthusiasm comes through. And so it's, it's, it just makes it really fun to learn from you too. Um, and I know you've built a huge YouTube following at this point. I mean, how, how long has it taken you to build that? Cause there's a lot of aspiring astrologers in our audience too. So I love to share the journey of, you know, astrologers who have come to a certain level of success in their career. Thank you so much. I started 2011, basically, or the end of 2010. So it's been nine years, but there was a huge spike in the last three years, the moment I met my husband. And I wanted to say something. When you meet the right partner, you become successful. Your life, because the energy, the vibration raises between the two of you, because you love each other, there is high vibration. Both of you start succeeding in life. So that's one sign, even without knowing any astrology, to recognize when you meet the right partner. (laughs) And that's when I had a huge spike in followers because I think I felt inspired, in love. This heavy burden was lifted from me. The most important work I did was, the most important research was when, before I met him, when I was depressed for years (laughs) in the wrong relationships and everything. And then you go soul searching and then you find such amazing techniques because you're looking for answers. But the greatest inspiration and the greatest rise in popularity and spreading of this knowledge came after I was liberated from that heaviness. <laughs> Interesting. And so do you um, place a particular focus on relationships in your work? Is that part of your passion in, in working with people? I do everything. A career, relationships. I'm very focused on the personal life. Of the, uh, it's, uh, I don't do so much like world astrology, what's going to happen on a large scale. I have amazing astrologers who do that on my channel, but I I want answers. I know if I look from my perspective, I care about finding personal happiness (laughs) and everyone does as well. So I think maybe that's the appeal as well. People want to feel very connected on a personal level and and understand themselves. So I do relationships and career and yeah. (laughs) How do you see astrology impacting people's lives? Like, what do, you, what do you see happen to people when they have their first reading or when they have that aha moment? Wow. Um, they, 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 they react a bit like you. They're like, oh, my God, it's changed my life. It's showing me there is purpose, there is meaning, there is a pattern. It's showing me that I'm not the loser that I thought I was. For example, a lot of people come from a really, they've been blocked for years. And you see astrologically and you say it's around the corner and there is a purpose for that. And you tell them what the purpose was. You're not being tested. You're being trained for something. And you tell them what they're being trained to. And it's such a revelation. Such a burden falls off your shoulders. And you feel like you're not a failure. And you feel there was a reason for that. And uh, even failed relationships, you know. You, you see the reason with astrology. What were they learning from each other? And, and they're like, uh-huh, that's exactly what I learned by being with this person. So that was the reason. So then it's not my failure that it didn't work out. I was meant to experience that, to learn this. And, and this, 
it removes such a huge responsibility from your shoulder. But at the same time, astrology shouldn't use to excuse all your actions. Like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. That's why I swore at you. That's why I called your mom something. Uh, It's, you know, it's a personal responsibility for our action. And again, astrology can show you where are the patterns that you have that you're doing that are repeating and constantly attracting to you your own problems. Like this lady who three times came to me and three times and she had Venus, Neptune, Saturn in difficult aspects, which people who study astrology, they know that uh, it can be very hard, you know, especially very strong Neptune conjunct Venus with difficult aspects. So three times she came to me and she said, this guy is in love with me. He's somewhere in Africa. He needs to get out of jail. So I have to send him, I send him $10,000. He really loves me. She sells a picture. Of course, it's a scam. They get all her money. She's come second time, the same story. Someone else in Asia, big businessman waiting for his money to be released. She says, look how beautiful he is. You know, too good to be true. Of course, she sends him another uh, third time her savings. And the third, the second time, and third time she comes to me, and she says, okay, this one, I think it's a scam, but I'm going to show him. I'm going to, because I really like him. So I'm going to make him fall in love with me. So I'm going to scam the scammer. And I'm like, you don't learn, do you? <laughs> so, yes. So some people have repeating patterns. Once you show them to them, and once you explain what it is, they become aware of it. Doesn't mean it immediately resolves, but when you shine light at something, at mold, it starts dying gradually. So... That's what astrology can help with as well. And uh, things that are hidden, that we're hiding from ourselves, that constantly sabotage our life, that constantly undermine us, we do it ourselves. The biggest problems we create is ourselves, but sometimes it's beyond us. Sometimes we have to go through pain, for example, a painful relationship of seven years or something like that. And there is no way out because our soul is growing in some way there. And uh, as I said, it's being trained for something. And you can point to people, whether it's from their stupidity and what's the pattern and how to reprogram their mind about it. That's why I love connecting astrology with mindfulness and NLP, you know. Uh, but there are also periods that are very karmic and that show like a person is, is you know, it's, it's blocked for a reason. And you don't even, you can even tell the person how to get out and how to reprogram their mind, but it's not going to happen. They're not ready until they experience certain amount of pain or pay off certain karmic burn off as as I call it, you know, because that's the only way the soul grows. You know, if I tell you now, stop smoking and you'll be like, why? But if I tell you you have cancer, stop smoking, you're going to stop smoking. And in the same way, if, if I tell you, this is your pattern, this is why you keep attracting the wrong guys, you know, until you have suffered enough and you're sometimes even scared enough or you've had enough, you're going to keep doing that. Even if it's your, you know, you need to get your cup filled with certain amount of suffering sometimes because that's our nature as humans. There is a certain level when a human progresses enough. It's usually vibrationally, and you can't see that really through the chart, but when they progress enough where they act out of inspiration always rather than pain forcing you to act. And where, but that's much more elevated. And this, there is, this is the, when enlightenment happens and you no longer are triggered into action by pain only. And then you act because you're inspired. But this is more like on a very, there are very few people like that. We're still working with a normal human. And I'm personally as well. I only get stimulated into action when someone provokes me, when someone upsets me. Then I go and change something and make it better. So 
occasional glimpses of inspiration here and there, acting on inspiration, but the others are more often. And don't beat yourself if you're at that level, because most of us are, but you're aware of it that already. And gradually, the older you get, the more aware you become, the less you'll be pushed into action by the painful triggers. Uh, Michael Beckwith, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, a spiritual teacher, but he says, pain pushes until vision pulls. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? It's exactly what you're speaking to. She summarized it so easy. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. It's true. So many people can relate with that. And I think think one of the things that's really interesting about astrology is even if we don't do it, it gives us the option or or the choice or the, the awareness to start moving in that direction. It's like, okay, how much more of this do I have to take? How much more of this do I want to bring upon myself? okay, maybe I could be pulled by a vision of what else it would look like, what else it could look like. You know, how much energy am I wasting right now? What if I had that energy and I could use it and channel it in a whole new way? I mean, I really do think that astrology is such an amazing tool at really just like shining this huge spotlight and going there, like that's your pattern. You know, and, and you have a choice here. You're not stuck. I love how you say that life has been not testing us, but training us. I always think in terms of like initiations, like it's always like, okay, this is an initiation. I'm going through an initiation, but that's so much better than I'm being tested. And if I fail, then I lose. You know, it's like, what? (laughs) That's a doom gloomy way to look. Yes. It's so much better. The training, the initiation, we're, we're, we're getting refined. We're getting, I have so much Saturn in my chart. So for me, it's always about like, how am I getting pulled into the next level of mastery? You know, like where is the next level of mastery and how do I, like work with whatever's happening right now to become more masterful at that aspect of life. And you know, a lot of people with a heavy Saturn, they'll say, why am I so unlucky to be so screwed with such a difficult Saturn? Why am I being tested all the time? But I love how you change it in your mind and said, what am I being pulled? What kind of level of mastery am I being pulled towards? That's fantastic. Just one shift like that. And you can be on the other side towards the vision rather than uh, the pain. And once you get towards the vision, you don't even need astrology. Why would you need it? Because you, you change and you shift your astrology, you control your stars. You, can, you might need it for timing of something when you want to start, or you might need it because you're already doing the mastery work, you become aware of your issues and you're doing that work. You might use it to see where to invest in something, where your strengths will be, was the best time, but not on a constant level as because you've gone through that initiation that you talked about. And it's funny that you say it's initiation because astrology in ancient cultures is ruled by the eighth house and by Scorpio. And uh, this is also the signs of initiation, going through some big test and going on the other side like initiated person. So I think that's what astrology is most important for in the current age, to help people through this initiation to the next level. Lada, have you met, I've heard that before, like that we could get to a point where... We don't actually need astrology to tell us what's happening, that we're actually masters. How about that? Masters of our own reality so that we we're like creating the current, we're creating the energy. Have you met anyone who's there? Cause that's to me, I'm like, that's an interesting idea. Is it real? Uh, and I just love to know your thoughts on that. I, I, I've read, uh, for example, that Yogananda, he was big believer in, your will determines everything. And his teacher was Sri Yukteswar, and he was an astrologer. And Yogananda kept saying, you know, why do we need astrology? We're masters of our, our will is masters of our, our life. 
And Truk Dushwar said, okay, I'll tell you something. In three months or something, you're going to get very sick and you'll be sick for six months. And it's going to be the liver. And he said, but wear this bracelet that I make you. It's going to protect you a bit more. And Yogananda starts meditating and saying, I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to get sick, you know. And he's an awakened being, you know. Yogananda was someone who is in control. He can, if he could control his weight within 12 hours to gain 30 pounds and to lose 30 pounds, imagine. That's like uh, some yogic stuff, like really high-level magical (laughs) initiation. And But he gets sick. And he gets sick and he said, did you make me sick? He asked his teacher. He said, no, I just looked at your astrology. So even the gods cannot escape <laughs> sometimes what is meant to happen for, for, for you. And even there was another story where one god really was afraid of Saturn transit. And he said, I'm going to prove you that Saturn is not going to affect me. He was going to have Saturn transit in his moon. That's a story. And that god said, okay, I'm going to hide in a bottle for this one year when Saturn is transiting the moon and nothing bad's going to happen to me. There's going to be no Saturn influence for me. So he hides in a bottle and he comes out a year later and he said, you see, astrology didn't affect me. The stars didn't affect me. And the other God says, you are stuck in a bottle, mate. That's the worst Saturn prison you can be in. <laughs> Put yourself there. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> yes, I love this. Totally. I mean, all these stories, I mean, and actually, I did a, a podcast with David Cochran, who you know, actually, David's the one who introduced me to you. Oh, brilliant. I'm like remembering. But he actually talks about Yogananda specifically in that podcast episode, episode we did. You guys, if you haven't listened to that one, it was one of the early ones. I cannot remember the number right now. We'll put it in the show notes. But he was talking about Yogananda and how, you know, repeating some of the things Yogananda had said about sort of like transcending astrology, like you need it for a certain period of time, but then ideally like you'll transcend your need for it or transcend your, you being influenced by it. But then what David said that was so interesting is that if you look at Yogananda's chart, he like so fully expressed his chart. He was like his chart at the highest degree that, that one could possibly be. So it, it comes back to like, well, is the goal really to transcend this or is the goal to just use it as this map, this blueprint and to look at all of our placements and say, okay, well, how can I be, how can I live in mastery or how can I live at the most elevated place? Whatever word resonates with you. How can I be in excellence? How could I, you know, do, do my best with the, this configuration and the idea with trying to like get out of it. It's like, well, that seems maybe like wasted energy, you know? Yes, because you've made yourself your map when you are a soul and you're ready and you want to experience something. Why would you want to escape from that? And also when you experience what you're meant to experience in the highest level, that's when you feel joy. If your true talent is to be a gardener, no matter if you want to be a billionaire and you become a billionaire, you change your astrology. You're going to be so miserable there that you're going to leave everything and go and become a gardener again, because that's the path of highest happiness and fulfillment and someone higher than us constructs it or our higher self so why do you want to escape it but it's a great map as you said that's the perfect way to use it and when you're on that higher level you do it more as a confirmation that you're on the right path rather than um like what's going on why is this happening like that that energy yeah because then you know you're in control of what's happening you're heading in that direction but it's confirmed by your chart and it feels so affirmative and it feels like you, you don't worry that you're going to fail. Oh, you might even see, oh, there will be first the failure, but after that, the success is there. And no chart has ever showed to me that there's ultimate failure. 
there is no chart that shows that. I don't know when some, of course, some people never, they, they kind of blind and they always live, they try once and that's it. They, they, they make their own failure, you know. But for example, a Saturn, a Venus conjunct Pluto can be someone who was raped and they can always stay with that consciousness of being raped and a rape victim. And they would approach every relationship with that. But if the person does some spiritual work, they can become a rape therapist. Sorry, I don't know if it's right, but for, for rape victims therapy. A trauma therapist, yeah. Yes, a trauma therapist. So there is never a, a level that says, unless you die young and you can't fulfill that potential. But no matter how dark, in what dark place you are, how hard you charge it is, there is always a transmutation and a higher manifestation of that energy. My Uranus in the 10th house, I could not keep a job longer than six months for 10 years. I was getting fired all the time. I could not keep my interest until I did astrology. Uranus is astrology in the thing house. There you go. So. <laughs> it's like so literal sometimes. Yeah, you can use your chart to see, okay, this is a weakness. How can I turn it into an advantage for me? You can't turn your back towards it. Yeah, and where am I, the, the salmon swimming upstream? Where am I try, like butting my head against the wall, but that's not really what... I'm supposed to be doing like you're trying to keep this like nine to five job thing because that's what everybody does and that's what society says you should do and then you probably feel like a failure because you keep getting fired but the truth is you were just in the totally wrong position for you exactly and that gives you an answer what would be the thing to do that is best for you and and there are remedies they're very simple remedies that uh, uh, one of the astrologers i work with nicola uh, he started noticing that they work. For example, if you have Venus with Mars in the fourth house of family and you're constantly fighting at home with your partner and that energy has to manifest, but why not manifest it in a different way? And he would advise the client, uh, plant roses in your garden, in your home. Rose, flower is Venus, Mars is thorns. When they started planting roses in their garden, they stopped fighting. So you can generally talk, or you're having Venus square Neptune, you're getting deluded, cheated on by partners. You choose always the partner who is not available. You daydream for the wrong person. Well, instead, Venus is art, Neptune is the ocean. Start painting ocean. It has to manifest somehow in your way. Or put paintings of the ocean and art of the ocean around your house. It has to manifest these simple remedies for relationship issues, for, I gave example relationships, but for anything in your life and money and stuff that you can, with such kind of, it's almost like tricks, like you're trying to trick things. And the thing is that, yes, it's a bit of a trick, but it, and you'd say like, well, it stops the person developing and working on that. But just having that reminder around you, is like constant, like being constantly present in your mind, what your issue is. So just seeing the roses or seeing the art, in your house, it reminds you that you're susceptible to delusions. So be careful, you know, and that, that already starts the transmutation process. Well, not only that, I can definitely see what you're saying. But when I think of the roses, it's like it also shows you that there is a beauty in that combo, that there's a function of the thorn that's protecting the beautiful rose, you know, so I could see how just being around that symbol or that visual of whatever that configuration you have in your chart well, might help you see it differently and might help you think about it differently, right? Yes. Rather than think like, oh, I'm uh, crazy that goes <laughs> angry all the time. I'm like, I, there's so much love and beauty in me that I show my thorns. 
Yes. Well, and I mean, we, the, 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 again, the rose without the thorns is susceptible, you know, it needs that, that level of protection to keep it safe. So what is it that that person could be doing to either feel more safe in, you know, I've, I, I have this with my, my 10 year old daughter because her Venus is in Scorpio and her Mars is in Scorpio and her rising is in Scorpio. So we've had this conversation because she has this thing where when she feels um, threatened emotionally, like when, when she feels like, you know, someone might be infringing on her territory of like mommy, for example, she gets jealous and she has these feelings, you know, it's very scorpionic like response to that. And so I asked Anna on our team, an A-team angel who has a ton of Scorpio, I said, what do you do to like when you're feeling jealousy, what, what do you do to like work with that energy, that jealousy? And she goes, well, what I've learned is that as long as I feel safe emotionally, it's okay. But the jealousy starts to come out when I start to feel really threatened emotionally. So when I have a partner, for example, I have to tell the partner what I need in order to feel emotionally safe. So there's, you know, and she's clear on like what she needs. Like, I'll need you to, I'm making this up. This is not what she said, but I'll need you to say, I love you before I go to bed. I'll need you to hug me when I see you. I'll need you, you know, whatever it is. So I went to Madeline and I said, Madeline, what can mommy do to make you feel emotionally safe? And I didn't use those words. I said, you know, when you, you feel jealous and these things, what can I do to make you feel safe so that you know you're really secure in mommy's love? I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm here for you. She goes, I, I need more one-on-one time with you. It's really hard for me when, and when there's three people, because she has a sister, so there's three of us, right? She goes, it's really hard for me when there's three, but when it's one-on-one, I feel like I'm so much better and I feel like I can just be with you. And I was like, done, easy. We can so embrace that. Like, that is so great. And I cannot tell you the difference it's made for her to, and, and just us, you know, I feel less of her like emotional pulling. Like she knows she's going to get what she needs. This is fantastic. My, my top, my two-year-old boys, Scorpio rising, moon in Scorpio, very jealous of his one-year-old sister. When I go to hug her, he comes and slaps her or slaps me. And I cannot verbalize. He doesn't talk yet. And, and uh, I, I really need to start because I never take him, just him alone. That's such a great. Yes. Well, especially the older one, the older one who used to have all that full attention of the parent. Now, you know, all of a sudden that gets taken away. They're like, what? Like, I'm having to share the love of my life now with this. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. And he's the moon on the ascendant. He comes and pulls me or slaps me. Because he gets angry. Instead of coming to cuddle, he comes and slaps. Thank you. <laughs> I'm learning here. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's been such a process, but it's, it is that taking that, like, because jealousy isn't something I experience a lot. It's not like, if you look at my chart, you would probably see that. I wouldn't, it's not an emotional. No, you're Aquarius rising like I am. And it's kind of unknown to you. I'm the same. I'm like, jealousy? What is that? I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I've had it. I've had it a few times. I'm like, whoa, that is intense. And, but I didn't really, I, I didn't really learn how to work with it intimately. Like someone with a lot of Scorpio in their chart might learn how to work with intimately. So asking someone who has the thing of your child or, or this thing of your spouse is always good. You know, how do you work with this and what makes you feel better? What makes you feel safe? What makes you feel secure? But it just, it just brings me back to the rose thing that you were saying. I mean, there's, there's ways for us to work with these energies. It would seem like jealousy would be only a bad thing, you know, but it's like, no, there's actually, it's asking for something. It's pointing a finger at a place where an emotional need might not be met, you know? Beautifully said, yeah. 
we kind of say, oh, it's the Scorpio in them. But the Scorpio is asking for something. You're right. It's, it's not about just saying, okay, this is how Scorpio, this is, it is what it is, you know. Because sometimes we often do that. We use our stars to excuse our not doing something right or our not treating someone right. It's like, oh, they are like that. They're going to be, uh, what can you do? This is the energy of Scorpio. But it's not, you see, you transformed your daughter. So that's... Well, I, I did it out of necessity because she kept saying, Mama, I don't want the Scorpio. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to feel like this. You started hate. Oh. You know, she's like this little wise being. I'm like, God, yeah, that sucks. The message to you is not going to be, well, you're you're stuck. Like, I'm sorry, honey. Like, this this is your lot. It was like, okay, well, how can I help her with this? Because this is, it's painful. She doesn't want it. You know, she's not like. That's the most painful sign. <laughs> but if you're Scorpio, obviously you can transform it, you see? How you did it with your daughter. That's all they need, emotional security. Scorpio is the sign of learning to have emotional security. That's what they have the least of. And that's where all their pain is coming from. <laughs> and it's great that you have astrology as a tool to help you. Not even just astrology. You just went and spoke with a real person who embodies those energies that's fantastic guys if you have difficult combinations in your horoscope that show you have a problem in certain areas say venus conjunct saturn you suffer so much in relationships you know like jennifer aniston she's like very suspicious she's never calm enough or very certain enough go and speak with someone with this position who has a good relationship they have gone through the shit i'm sure they have you cannot when you're younger you you're not so conscious to work. But ask them, how did they get there? How did they switch their mentality around? And how did they transform this energy? Don't talk to them about astrology as well at all. Just check your horoscope and ask them, okay, so did you have problems before in your life or, uh, in relationships? And she'll say, oh, yes, let me tell you about it. But you ask them, how were you able to overcome that? So this is how we can use astrology as well without becoming this annoying person who is talking only about signs and astrology. <laughs> like... I'm so that person, Lana. <laughs> I'm so, it's so funny. I'm so the person. I, you know, I think it's when you're in the beginning of the love affair with astrology. And I'm what, like five years in, so I guess it's still the beginning. But yeah, I am the person. But you know what's so interesting is like last night at Hula, my, uh, my Kumu was like, all right, at, at Hula, I'm Pua. But Pua is, the, they don't call me Amanda. They call me Pua because that's my Hawaiian name. And uh, she says, Pua, Pua, what's, what's going on? Like, you got to tell me what's going on astrologically because it's crazy right now. And I was like, it's so funny. Like, my Kumu's now asking me about astrology. But hey, like, if we're always talking about it. People are like, she seems to know something about it. So I think I'll ask her. <laughs> I know. You're walking advertisement of your business. <laughs> but I can tell you, my husband just zones out sometimes. <laughs> and he's like, yes, yes. And I said, what did they say? And he turns to me and he says, Scorpio, Saturn, something, something. He says a few astrology words and carries on. <laughs> so, yeah, we found that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about Saturn and relationships. How can we work consciously? with Saturn to cultivate longevity and dedication in our relationships. When it comes to relationships, synastry we're talking, overlaying one chart on top of the other, you cannot have a long-lasting relationship if there are no Saturn inter-aspects to personal planets from one person to the other. That's the most important. And people often get scared. They say, oh, Saturn is on my sun, the moon. And it's heavier when Saturn makes very close aspects and especially the conjunction, the opposition, the square, if people know what I'm talking about. So from one person to another person's personal chart, 
uh, there is this feeling of foreboding that there is a lot of hard work to be done because when people are connected through Saturn, they're connected to do some work together to solve some problems. Saturn is an astrology is considered the servant, is considered the cleaner. So you have to clean up some karma, you have to clean up some mess, you have to put some order into your, you know, into your being, into your feelings, into your. So when there are connections between you and another with Saturn, you're here to do some work, and this guarantees longevity because it's not easy work; it's long work. <laughs> and people that get together without Saturn connections, they might have like a fantastic, easy relationship. It burns like a falling star, <laughs> and it burns out, and there's nothing holding them because they have nothing to work on together. So Saturn aspects are very important. If it's only easy Saturn aspects, on Fantastic. They, they, they collaborate, they work together. It, it's not a sense of burden, you know, when they're difficult, like conjunction of Saturn with the moon of the other, conjunction of one Saturn on the ascendant and square the sun of the other. They're often even afraid to enter first into a relationship because there is, it happens slower. And they have, there is a feeling that there's so much hard work to be done. And they're like, like a foreboding. Oh my God, I'm afraid to step in. I'm afraid because they subconsciously know once they step in and commit in that relationship, there is no pulling apart. They're kind of connected like. <laughs> and I've known people that might be very even miserable with someone in a relationship. I, I had a client who had their Saturn on the sun of the, the other person and the other person had their Saturn on their sun, square their moon. So very intense. They even, they, at one moment, they resented themselves, but they could not let go of each other. And the moment they resolved that resentment, the universe allowed them to separate. And, uh, oh, if you can resolve it, if you still love this person, then, but it's always after time. Strong Saturn connections in relationships, they take time to become comfortable and they, they have a lot of hard work together, but it's so necessary for a long-term relationship. Well, so let's, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about relationships. Um, what do you think, or what do you see astrology tell us about the timing of certain things that happen with relationships? I know that like, it can feel like a light switch has gone on or off and all of a sudden it's like, we were doing so well. And then bam, it's like rocky roads. And normally that can be, you can see that in the astrology or the transits of things that are happening. So what are the, what are the things as far as timing goes that you look for in the charts? Oh, it's a basically very typical ways. It's like seeing, especially the outer planets. This is what, what the, the transits of the really outer planets, which a lot of traditional astrologers don't use, but they show the psychological switches in you. They show the biggest psychological transformations. They're invisible planets, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune. We can't see them. That's why the influence is invisible as well. It's much more on the deep psychological levels. These are the planets. Only when you have Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus transit, Something big psychological shifting can happen in you. When you have important Saturn, Jupiter, you know, the nodes, transits, big important events can happen, but they might not change us. Uh, they might keep, they will keep us emotionally, psychologically, vibrationally the same person, despite of maybe bringing more money or better job or losing a job or a partner. When a big Pluto, Neptune, or Uranus transit comes, this is when we go, you know, for a bit crazy even because the shift is happening. And you're not going to be the same person after a big Pluto, Uranus, or Neptune transit. So when your partner is going through that, they can suddenly start acting out. With Uranus, they want more freedom. They might go have an affair. They're like, ah, oh, I feel like tied down, you know. Oh, with Pluto, they might get super obsessive, tap your phones, you know, uh, have some, uh, get the porn addiction, you know, some of the darker hidden stuff that happens, obsessive. 
with Neptune, they might get into drinking or they want to escape or, you know, depending, whatever it is. And they might become super spiritual and decide that money is not important for them or quit their job. And of course, that will create big rifts in you. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and if you know astrology and you see, okay, they're going through Pluto, through Uranus, through Neptune, there is a big shift. Within a year or two, they'll, be, they'll settle back again, but never to the same level lower never back to what they were before they will be at a different level with different understanding but they'll settle they'll not act out those extreme ways and if you can weather that if you can be more forgiving if you know what it usually and you know the, these planets it's so hard to control them we, we talk about the masterful person who can control their astrology Pluto Uranus and Neptune is beyond you it also shows you how sometimes you're a puppet in the hands of higher powers when Uranus hit my sun, Venus and Mars, because they conjunct within the same year, I left and I had no plans for that. It's not like I've been craving for something to push me to change. I left a husband, I left a continent, I left a, a, a property, all my belongings. I got married again, I got pregnant. And it's like, sometimes it's, we were looking at, with each other with my husband, and we were like, we have absolutely no control of what's happening now. Like I choosing to live was not my choosing the feelings were so powerful and this is what pluto uranus and neptune do it's kind of like you can't control them i don't care if i was yogananda or if i was buddha i probably would not be able to control them again this push this urge is so big it's like a wave a tidal wave that sweeps you so look for the periods when there is the most you know testing for relationships usually those big planets but they can take your relationships to the next level they can and if you are willing to transform a little bit with your partner together at that level, you know, meet them at that other level they are, you can overcome it. And there are people married for 70 years. They've all had Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune, but they, it seems they grew together, they developed together, or they forgave each other those moments of craziness that everyone goes through quite rarely, but they still happen. And they supported each other through that. But if the initial compatibility is quite low, there will be very little the smallest difficult transit can destabilize you because already there is and you feel it you know when there is little compatibility one is not fully in love with the other one always does more for the other one is always something is off you know one is not fully invested or one is kind of has some you know but when both of them super love each other you know there is a strong compatibility without knowing any astrology you know and then when difficult period comes, the strong compatibility is like a great foundation for them to overcome the difficulties. And even a Saturn transit is not often an indication of, it's challenging for relationships. Usually there are many responsibilities or cooling off towards each other emotionally, psychologically. But Saturn wants to keep the status quo. So that's not usually the time they break up. Unless they hate, unless there was a Pluto, Uranus, Neptune before that, and they really kind of, move to different levels, they want nothing to do with each other. And Saturn is already, you know, that's it. But usually if you're, like you said, you're in a good relationship, suddenly Saturn transit, lots of responsibilities, duties, it does not separate people. What separates people is like changing so drastically, the Uranus, Pluto, Neptune influences. Uh, while you were speaking, it reminded me of the saying, never say never, because it's, it's, it's that you're doing things that you never thought you would do or like, you know, the things that would never happen. And I can totally relate a lot of with your story. So, and I'm sure many people out there can too. Um, and then again, it's where astrology comes in and is so helpful because it's like, oh my God, I'm not going crazy. 
this is happening. It's basically like destined and okay, now I need to work with it. Yeah. It's like your soul because it sees your soul stuck somewhere and you are not even aware you're stuck. Or you're too afraid to make the changes that that might need. You can't, you don't have the energy. Like many people say, I want to leave my partner. When should I leave him? And I said, I'm not going to tell you when, because when you really have to leave him, you'll have no option. You'll be either in front of a mental breakdown or something will happen. You'll suddenly meet someone. You'll be totally sure that you're going to leave the person because your soul, when it was making your plan, it knew how you're going to feel. There is no time there. And it knew that say for nine years, you'll be stuck here. So the only way to push to the next level is to create this total to, to open up this, I would call it like uh, energy, like from, uh, open up this, uh, what is it, like tap. <laughs> and infuse those crazy feelings in you and you think you're going crazy and it's, and, and this, it's, it's open, it usually corresponds with Uranus, Neptune, Pluto and that uh, flow of energy is open until you do the necessary changes because you're hurting too much or because there is no way of turning back. It's like, it's so impulsively. And then it stopped, that tap, it stopped. You're cut off from it, but you're already on a different level. You've made the changes. We could never make changes just because we sit here suddenly and you're dissatisfied with certain position until something more radical happens, as I said. And like you said, this quote, until vision starts. Yeah, pain pushes till vision pulls. Lada, it's so true. And and I, I've often reflected on my own story, and a lot of people out there are familiar with it, but had the circumstances not been as like dramatic as they were, I wouldn't have changed. I would have never changed. I, I got all that Saturn. I would have like stayed and just made it work, worked harder and, and figured out a way to make it work. You know, I, I would have never left the marriage. I would have never like made all the changes in my life that I, I was forced to make. And so, yeah, I guess we just... Sometimes we just need it. And, and, and actually that's, that's been, that's helped me feel a lot more peace around it is like, okay, well, it just kind of had to be that big for me to do anything. So it's, it's, it's okay. You know? Um, so anyone out there feeling like that, like they're, you're going through a lot of drama or you're going through a lot of upheaval or a lot of breakdown or whatever it is. It's like, there's a little bit of, at least it was for me, there's a little bit of peace in that recognition that it kind of needs to be like that right now in order for you to get catapulted, literally like catapulted into a whole new reality. And otherwise we, we just don't do it. Yes. And at, at such moments, I just, instead of trying to control things, I flew to Uranus Neptune and I just release and I go with it because those forces are stronger than us. We talked about the free will and how you can transform things. But uh, that's the best thing because you stay positive. Otherwise, when you resist, you become so negative. You start creating troubles for others. You start creating troubles for yourself because you're trying to salvage, to go against the natural uh, energy of things, the natural cycles. And you embitter yourself. You do a lot of damage and <laughs> a lot of self-destruction or something. So just go with it. When it comes, abandon yourself to it. Don't say the stars made me do it, but they do. Sometimes they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the paradox <laughs> oh lada this has been so much fun thank you so much for being here with us today it is just a pleasure to hang out with you could we just do this more please thank you <laughs> record our conversations <laughs> yeah exactly exactly 
A lot of, um, where do people go if they want your transit calculator? Uh, astrolata.com. And there is uh, the first thing, the first block, it says transit calendar, personal transit calendar. That's the one. There is personal birth calculator, birth chart calculator. They might confuse it, but the calendar is there. They just register and they have free access for life. Therefore, a week ahead, always a week ahead. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And does it have the translation of what that means? Yes, I've written it four years. I worked for you for like every single transit. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I love it so much because I put my heart and soul there with a lot of practical, like pr my predictions are never like, oh, you're going to feel emotionally unstable. And it's like, no, be careful today. You might, uh, you can have some beauty procedures that hurt <laughs> or like very specific things. I like practical specifics. So, yes, so do we. For sure. Lada, thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue connecting with you and watching your business grow and watching you grow. And it's just, um, it's just so much fun to know you. So thank you so much for being here. Likewise. I hope we become best friends in Hawaii when we live there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come on over. We're here. Thank you so much. Looking forward to connecting again with you. Bye, Amanda. All right, my dear. Bye, everyone. Take care. Aloha. All right, you guys, do you see why I love her? I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And next week, make sure you tune in. Donna and I will be speaking with Charles Eisenstein, author of books like Climate, A New Story, Sacred Economics, The Yoga of Eating, and The Ascent of Humanity. I really love this episode as a primer for the transits happening in 2020 and all of the work you all are doing right now, whether or not you realize it, around Saturn and Capricorn creating new and more sustainable structures in our lives, becoming the authority in your life, gaining new levels of mastery in the physical realm here on earth, this episode will inspire you to keep going. And of course, we'll be sharing the weekly forecast with you on Monday. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Thank you for being a part of our community. And as always, thank you for making astrology a part of your life. I'll catch you on the next episode. Are you ready to learn more about astrology, take your work with the moon cycles to the next level, and experience what it feels like to be supported by a thriving community of like-minded and like-hearted souls? Then we have the place for you. Join Astrology Hub's Inner Circle, a global community dedicated to spiritual growth, lunar forecasts, and mastery classes with leading astrologers. Simply go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle to learn more and join us today. Reconnect with your childlike wonder of the universe and rediscover your place and purpose in it all. Join our inner circle today. Visit astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and get in our inner circle today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Astrology Hub podcast. We can't wait to continue exploring with you and bringing you astrology's most practical wisdom so you can live your life on purpose. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.